We are getting into the spirit of the season by talking about some Christmas movies here on Script to Screen. We hope to be that unexpected gift that keeps on giving. But we're not just going over your run-of-the-mill fare, as we wanted to shake things up by discussing and debating non-traditional Christmas movies. It was a great lengthy discussion as we went over many movies that have the Christmas spirit merit, but are not traditionally thought of. We hope you have as much fun listening as we had talking about it. Enjoy! get this started then so a hearty ho 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 to our screenwriters aspiring writers film lovers and everyone in between to the latest episode of script to screen the boston screenwriters group podcast hosted by myself jeffrey chang stewart kenyatta hoskins and mark liddell with Derek miller returning where we discuss and give screenwriter and film lovers a perspective on movies and other forms of media related topics whenever you're giving us a listen morning noon or night we hope to be a great part of your listening cues we know the world is a tad, shall we say, off kilter at the moment, but we hope to be a, a good part of your day with these in-depth discussions on film, TV streaming, and other things we love. So I'll start with the intros. I have been a co-organizer of the Boston Screenwriters Group for five years running, helping out the founder, Deborah Sharif, with the meetups with, where we help any level of experienced screenwriter peer review their screenplays with other members. I'm also a local filmmaker on the low, low, low end of budgets, but I'm always up for a challenge and ready to film. With all that settled, I pass it off to my co-organizer and friend, Kenyatta. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Kenyatta Hoskins. I've been with the Boston Screenwriters Group for over five years, been a co-organizer for two or three years now. And um, pretty much I enjoy these podcasts and talk about film. So um, hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Mark Lydell, longtime educator, uh, in the Boston area, a uh, lover of film. Uh, in a previous life, it seems a little bit of acting on stage and also some uh, film school uh, acting in Michigan. Um, and I'm here to bring you a little lump of coal in your stocking. So happy to talk about movies. Thanks for having me. Hello, and I'm Derek Miller, inspiring filmmaker, screenwriter. Uh, I've been with the Boston Screenwriters for about maybe four years. Um, worked with Jeff, worked with Kenyatta on making short films and worked on films myself. Yeah, happy to have everybody. And uh, this is a topic that uh, is very in season, but we try to uh, switch things up here a little bit. Uh, you know, you have your usual It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, a Home Alone flair, but uh, we wanted to go for something a little bit different. Uh, we wanted to think about movies that uh, uh, are in season but aren't normally talked about or carry the spirit of the holiday season uh, very well, but uh, aren't usually on these uh, top uh, top Christmas, top uh, 10 list, lists of Christmas movies. And so, uh, of course, uh, there's the big one that uh, uh, maybe we can save for uh, a little bit later that uh, I will try to argue my point, but uh, I can I can start off with um, a movie that uh, uh, is sort of in the vein of this filmmaker's uh, sort of uh, work, uh, you know, in the 80s, uh, Shane Black. Uh, most people think of Lethal Weapon as the non, you know, some non-traditional Christmas movie uh, that can be argued that uh, is a Christmas movie, but uh, I go with uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, actually, with uh, that, uh, you can say that it's a movie only set uh, during the holiday season, but uh, I think uh, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, fraternity, 
generosity, goodwill towards men. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, themes there. But um, again, the chemistry between uh, Robert, I think I mentioned this before in uh, Neo-Noir uh, with uh, movies that uh, carried on the uh, classic movie tradition, uh, but uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer have uh, impeccable chemistry together as uh, a um, as a thief. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a thief turned uh, uh, try want to be actor in the LA scene uh, during the Christmas season, and uh, Val Kilmer as sort of the as the cop that as the cop that sort of uh, uh, he, he that uh, he wants to help uh, solve a murder with. So. Uh, that is, uh, that's the movie that starts off mine, uh, my uh, sort of, shall we, non-conventional, non-traditional sort of uh, holiday flair. Great suggestion. Um, it's funny, I, I um, wasn't necessarily thinking about movies that have uh, like this kind of uh, goodwill toward men. Uh, <laughs> idea around them or the, the Christmas what you might think it was a Christmas kind of sappiness to it and that doesn't you're right um I was thinking of another uh movie that has a Christmas scene in it from the 80s um not thought of it in any way shape or form as a Christmas movie but um a comedy better off dead John Cusack um, for those who might not have seen that movie, um, it's one of his earlier films. Uh, and in that movie, there's a particular scene where a uh, character, uh, his neighbor, across the street, um, <laughs> who's kind of a, a, a oafish yet nerdy character, gives a picture of himself to um, his exchange student from France, who he's got the hots for and thinks that for some reason he should have the hots for him too. So um, that's just a scene that sticks up in my mind when I think about a, a Christmas scene from a not a non-traditional Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas film in that sense, but there's a Christmas scene in it. So Better Off Dead, pretty funny comedy from the 80s, um, under the radar for a lot of folks who uh, haven't watched it back in the 80s like I did. I saw Better Off Dead, but let me tell you something. The last time I saw it was in the 80s, so there's no way I remember anything from that movie. And I saw it only once, so... And um, I did see Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, same, same thing. Um, I guess I'm getting older, and then uh, my memory's kind of failing me a little bit. But um, I remember liking Kiss, 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 Bang, Bang, but I would definitely... Um, I like you guys all the time that we have these discussions. You come up with movies that um, I put in my queue and I'm gonna put Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in my queue to rewatch because I don't remember everything from it, but I do remember enjoying it. And um, without looking up, because you know, there's certain movies I definitely consider Christmas movies. And then there was some that surprised that people consider Christmas movies. So I kind of did some research to see um, kind of like the hundred best Christmas movies that are out there to see what kind of list I was out there on the internet. And um, <clears throat> now in terms of um, films that you don't really consider Christmas movies uh, that we were kind of talking about that some people do, I would say Shazam. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> it made one of the list I, when I did my research and I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. But now I like, think about it, it's like, yeah, there was a Christmas scene in there and it was like the very end of the mm -hmm. film. And um, yeah, so I 
I don't know if you guys saw that film, and it kind of surprised me because when I saw the previews, I'm like, this movie looks goofy, it looks stupid, his costume looks fake, so blah, blah, blah. I I don't know what made me go see it. I guess because maybe I, I was hearing good reviews, but I ended up in a theater, and I was thoroughly shocked and surprised that I actually liked the film quite a bit. And um, so, like I said, if it depends on how um, stringent you are in defining what a Christmas movie is. Um, if you're kind of lenient on it, um, I guess you could call this, a, you could definitely watch your Christmas because you could sit down with the whole family, watch it with the kids, whatever, whatever. But and it is kind of a feel good film too, but um, it is kind of corny and so on and so forth, but it's an entertaining corny. So mm -hmm. if, if you haven't seen it, I would, Definitely recommend it. It was a little surprise. I would say that, you know, I, I agree with you. I enjoyed Shazam as well. Didn't think it was a Christmas uh, movie, but I'll make a bold statement and not to, to, to uh, be tangential, take us off track at all. But uh, I would submit to you that Shazam is the best of the DC movies. And I, I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was kind of corny. I knew the commercial, the commercials that was kind of goofy, like just like you said. And I said, "Oh, this is gonna be garbage." Went there, and I was thoroughly kind of surprised by the quality of it. Um, and I think in part because that is the smallest of the DC movies. In other words, you know, there's not this huge universe of things happening. Is that some kind of a villain that's gonna destroy the whole planet? At least I don't think it was gonna destroy the planet, but um, it didn't seem as big. Right, it was, it was on a smaller scale. And I think that really helped kind of personalize that movie. But yeah, certainly Shazam is, is, is a quality movie that, uh, yeah, there is a Christmas scene. So I, I agree with that. No, definitely, yeah. I think. Oh, I was just gonna mention, I was just gonna quickly mention, it definitely uh, ticks all the boxes in terms of what the, the spirit of the holiday season is. Generosity, goodwill, family is a, is a big thing to that. Um, you know, even non-traditional families, uh, foster families uh, are, are given a lot of, uh, uh, you know, given the focus in that, which is a great, uh, great message and a great theme to have. So yeah, great pick with uh, Shazam, uh, definitely. That was Charles of the best DC. I don't know about that, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I personally like Man Steel, and I know a lot of people don't, but that will be my pick, anyways. At least. Anyways, discussion for I another mean, day. <laughs> discussion for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, all right. <laughs> let's, let's table that for uh, yeah. Let's table that for. I uh, definitely. Uh, I'm sure that. But uh, let's Derek. Let's let uh, Derek uh, get into his uh, picks. Yeah, I was going to say, those are probably the two of the worst ones. I wasn't a huge fan of Shazam or Man of Steel, but I do like the ending of Man of Steel. But yeah, moving on. Um, I've never seen Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and I've seen Better Off Dead like a long time ago. The only thing I do remember, and I don't even know if that is the right movie, is the scene with um, John Cusack in the car and the two um, um, Asian um announcers in the car next to him getting ready to um getting ready to um do the announcements for the race i do remember that and then i do remember like the classic ski scene from that movie yes but yeah i've not seen that in a long time but yeah i do remember watching it and thought it was a great movie at the time when i did see it um i got a I don't, it's not a small list it's a list that i can I, what i did was i googled um, anti-Christmas movies, movies that were 
that took place during Christmas but weren't really Christmas movies. Um, Leave the Weapon did come up on that list. I haven't seen that movie in years either. Um, another one I did enjoy uh, that, that I think is an anti-Christmas movie is Batman Returns. That's to me is just one of my favorites and probably way better than Man of Steel and Shazam. But that's another topic of discussion. But um, yeah, just because you have like certain references that are being made about Christmas, but at the same time, um, other stuff is also going on in the background and going on during the movie. Like I remember, I think in the beginning of the movie, it was Christmas when um, the penguin was abandoned by his parents. And then again, later he rises up during the Christmas season years later in order to take over Gotham. Um, and just try to ruin Christmas for everyone. Uh, I do remember him also like kidnapping the firstborns, just going through all this stuff during the Christmas season. Light, love the pick. Uh, yeah, Batman Returns is, <laughs> wow. Um, there's so much that can be said about that one. Um, it's, uh, I don't know if it's the most Tim Burton-y Tim Burton film ever made. Uh, there's, there's probably an argument there. Um, I'm certain that uh, he was given much more of uh, uh, free reign after the huge success of the uh, original uh, Batman 89. Uh, and it shows, uh, it certainly shows on screen uh, with uh, certain themes and a very, very dark, dark tone for uh, a holiday movie. Like well, probably the one of the most bleak uh, uh, depictions of Christmas that you will certainly ever see on a main, in a mainstream flair. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, <laughs> I, I like it that uh, the, the end, the, the plot of the penguin turns out to not just kidnap uh, the firstborn, but kidnap and drown them in the sewer, uh, you know, in order to try and wreak revenge on the elite that uh, sort of cast him off. And uh, it, again, <laughs> this is it's one of the most bleak uh, holiday movies like you'll you'll ever see. And uh, you know, and I, I love Tim Burton for it, but man, I can see why. Um, studio and uh, parents were upset uh, of certain elements that, <laughs> that uh, pop up. Um, and of course, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, one of the best uh, um, characters in a superhero movie, one of the best depictions of a, of a, of a comic book uh, uh, character, uh, certainly with her uh, version of, the cat, of Catwoman. And that, that, that uh, Batman Returns, actually, you talk about the, the penguin and his um, kidnapping and killing of the firstborn. That, that's, um, biblical, right? I mean, that, that is something straight out of um, uh, Pharaoh wanting to, 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 to you know, uh, get the firstborn and, and, and um, smite the firstborn to prevent a savior from coming up, that, that kind of thing. It, it's straight out of the, the Bible. Um, so in, in many ways, it, it's kind of Christmassy, or at least um, um, uh, Christian um, or anti-Christian <laughs> in some sense. And I'm much like you, um, Derek, I'm interested in the kind of uh, anti-Christmas uh, bend to, to, to movies. Um, as a kid, of course, growing up, you know, you watch you know, little Christmas specials here and there, little movies, and they're all pretty sappy. And, and as an adult, um, I've really enjoyed the anti-Christmas movies, um, one of them being um, Bad Santa. Yes. Uh, <laughs> really Bob Thornton. Um, and I think the reason why that movie resonated with so many people is that I think a lot of folks are kind of tired of the sappiness and that Christmas being um, so much a, a commercial holiday, um, it, it makes people, you know, kind of think back to 
when it wasn't as much of that. I guess that depends on who you are and when you kind of came up in the world. But um, Christmas now um, is an Uber hallmark holiday. It's all about consumerism yeah. for a lot of people. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people, it's about just buying stuff. And I think Bad Santa is irreverent. And I think we need irreverent Christmas movies because we've kind of turned our focus strictly to the consumerism part. Yeah, I, I tr trust me. That's on that's on the top of my Christmas movie list, and I totally agree that um, I mean, sappiness. Um, there's a place for it, and definitely in cinema, we need sappy movies. But um, you know, after a while, it kind of you think about uh, you know, people need that in their life. You know, they need to kind of like escape and so on and so forth. But at the same time. It's like you when Christmas becomes so commercialized, this film kind of smacks in the face of that. It's like, okay, what happened to the Christmas spirit when it's kind of like you have the Christmas spirit and the thought of Christmas, the whole concept of Christmas, and then and you have the reality of it where we're going through all this consumerism, people going into debt, and you know, um, it's got to the point where people will buy Christmas over uh, paying their rent. Then, then they get eviction notice after Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, um, it's, it's, so when I think of the bad Santa, it's kind of like um, harking back to, um, you know, these scenarios where people are kind of putting uh, consumerism ahead of kind of like um, the goodwill towards man and, um, you know, because what, what happened to just sitting down with people and having a meal? Why do you have to buy PlayStation 5, uh, you know, a choice between paying your rent or paying your um, mortgage or paying your car note, you know, that you use a car that you use to get back and forth to, to, uh, to work and school or whatever. Um, why does it got to be a choice between those two things when people could just sit down, have a meal together and enjoy each other's company? You know, so... Yeah, Bad Santa was definitely on mine. Um, <clears throat> you know, Billy Bob Thornton just uh, playing uh, the curmudgeon that uh, is trying to be this, uh, you know, pretending to be, you know, the the symbol of the holiday, but has none of the uh, has none of the ho ho hos to give about uh, about the actual uh, spirit of of the things. Um, yeah. Uh, Definitely, I believe the script was by the Coen Brothers, right? I, or at least it was produced by the Coen Brothers. But uh, uh, interestingly, they did they didn't direct. You know, it's in, in, it's interesting. It has that uh, cynicism that they're well known for, but um, uh, and it gives uh, definitely a different perspective on uh, the holiday season from a lot of people. You know that don't have good family ties, or that you know that did not have a good family upbringing. Uh, and what this holiday means for them, you know, and uh, just the, the cynicism reflected, uh, you know, during this time of year. And that's something to also remember that, uh, you know, some people just don't have that support system uh, and that really gets, uh, gets them through. But uh, in terms of more cynical and anti-Christmas movies, as we've sort of uh, uh, coined, um, <clears throat> the movie that, uh, that's on mine uh, and is uh, more of a horror movie uh, is a Krampus that came out a few years ago and it sort of shows the, uh, the inverse of Santa uh, from German uh, folklore 
that visits uh, whole households that have been very naughty and uh, that uh, uh, do not, uh, that aren't, uh, that aren't deserving of a uh, presence under the tree or stockings filled. Uh, they deserve to be taught a lesson by this creature that uh, the cramp, the titular character, the Krampus, that, uh, that comes in and uh, starts uh, taking out family members uh, in order to show, you know, a different side of the, uh, the holiday season. Hey, hey, Jeff, I'm not going to skip over what you just did there. You said Santa had no ho-ho-hos to give. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm like, do you just skip over that? But yeah, Krampus. Um, yeah, I, I did see that. I, I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to like it more than I, I liked because, um, you know, because it's a horror and it's Christmas too. So no, but it was it was, it was, a, it was a good concept. It had some good scenes in it, and um, yeah, it was it was it had some really good uh, parts in it. Maybe I'll, I'll rewatch it too because, um, like, uh, I, I saw it. When did it come out? Like in five years ago, maybe. In, so, yeah, it was, it was only five years ago. Life feels so long. Ago. I mean, I guess this time just doesn't time, mean anything kinda... anymore. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed Krampus. Even the, the first of the opening, I guess, scene or the, the maybe the, the credits when they're running shows you what the movie is about in terms of you know the, the greed um, that has kind of come to to infest or infect uh, this time of the year um, and let you know that the people um, in in our society are, are just preoccupied, if not obsessed, um, with what you just, you mentioned, Kenyatta, you know, purchasing uh, items for Christmas um, in lieu of the necessities, right, and and, and um, we're on this kind of path where it's seen as, as acceptable to do that. And everyone's expected to do that. Um, parents are expected to buy their kids gifts. Kids are expected uh, to give parents gifts. And, and just we're in this situation where um, a lot of people can't afford to do that yet. And still, they're going to do whatever they can to, to provide some type of a tangible gift other than just simply the presence of their presence, right? Just being there with people. I think, uh, especially in this COVID times, you'd recognize that just being here and being with one another and having uh, our relative health um, should be enough. But we're stuck in this mode of having to buy stuff. Thus, we have you know Krampus coming to punish those who are preoccupied with the financial uh, aspect of Christmas and not understanding the value of family. I've seen the movie like years ago and I enjoyed it very, very much. I do like the overall theme for Krampus. Um, guy comes in and does Santa's bidding, basically forcing children to behave and remember what the true meaning of Christmas is about. It's not about stuff anymore. It's just about spending time with your family and behaving and doing what you're supposed to do during that season just because as you get older and Christmas becomes more and more often now, um, you start forgetting about all those little things, all those holiday specials that they taught you when you were younger. And now it's just more about the materialism of things. So the, you just forget yourself. You're just gonna behave how you ever you wanna behave just because there's no one there to enforce it. And then Krampus shows up and just starts putting kids in the sacks and just starts beating them. But not only does he go after the kids, he also goes after the parents who allow that to happen. So that's what makes it funny. 
so wouldn't Krampus actually be um, holy in the, in the sense that he redirects people back to what they should be doing, right? If he was okay with people not uh, valuing, the, I guess, the true meaning of Christmas, if you will, then he'd just allow folks to do it, right? I mean, but because he wants to redirect or punish, maybe he's seen in some sense as an arm of like a deity or arm of God, like putting folks back in line, it's kind of vengeful uh, being. I think so too, but I also see him as enjoying it. Well, nothing wrong with loving your work, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I just—he's uh, definitely, definitely very biblical, very biblical. Old Testament, <laughs> Old Testament yeah, style. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, growing up uh, back in the day when I was a kid when I still believe Santa Claus existed. I used to try to stay up to see if I could see him, uh, catch him putting stuff under the tree and so on and so forth. I remember back in those days, um, I used to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas specials and stuff like that. To this very day, man, I mean, uh, it just brings you back and it's, you know, it's kind of make you reminisce. I think, you know, I just think the good quality entertainment. Um, and you try to share that with the, the younger kids growing up, but for some reason, anything that happened that long ago, um, they they don't even want to try it. So, but um, I just kind of want to throw out the, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas. I, I haven't seen them in a while, but I don't know if I, I mean, they're kind of slow compared to, that's probably why uh, kids nowadays they couldn't watch it because uh, compared to what movies have become, to go back to that time when um, uh, things were, I mean Charlie Brown Christmas, and um, I think they have more than one Christmas. I I don't know the names of them. I just know there's at least two or three Christmas things that Charlie Brown did, but it's probably slow for too slow for kids. I mean. Um, you know, you had the MTV generation, and then uh, from there, anything that you have to sit down and kind of absorb um, is kind of difficult for the younger generation nowadays. But um, one, one movie that um, I came out probably two or three years ago, if not four, um, that a lot of people don't think about, and... Um, it's called Better Watch Out. I'm a, I don't know if anybody's familiar yeah. with this film. Yeah, at all. I've seen that one. Yes. Yeah, it, it was. I think that is kind of like a hidden gem that people don't really think about, and I thoroughly uh, uh, recommend it. It has twists in it, and yes. um, yeah, it kind of takes Christmas and turns it on his ear. So, <laughs> I just saw that recently, uh, a few weeks ago. I think I, I, think I saw it on. Amazon Prime, I believe it's on there right now. Right. Watching um, irreverent, you know, um, delicious. Go ahead and, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, check that one out. But to go back on what you were talking about in terms of uh, Charlie Brown, yes, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree is iconic. Anytime you see a tree with very few branches and um, a few needles <laughs> on it, that's the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, at least for those people in my generation. Um, and I agree with you, the reason why it hasn't really caught on with the younger generation is probably the pacing of it. And you've got um, the soft 
piano music in the background. Right. Elevator, you know, music to kids. And kids need to have, you know, things that are uh, active, bright colors these days that have been kind of, their appetite's been, been kind of uh, calibrated to want a lot of fast moving action and, and, and music and sounds and doesn't really have that. So maybe it's just, you know, for us, a classic and maybe for younger folks, it, it just will kind of die. It's like their parents or grandparents in some cases, uh, holiday specials. I've talked to my kids about the Charlie, my, my students, I should say, my students about uh, Charlie Brown and Peanuts. And I'm like, what, who, what, huh? what, 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 Peanuts? And I don't even, they don't even know what Peanuts is. And I say, Charlie Brown, oh, okay, Snoopy, okay, yeah. They don't watch it, they have no clue. Right, right. still get the um, comics within the newspaper. That's the only way I remember discovering Peanuts as a child and then watching the specials. Yeah, I still like it. I, I mean, um, I don't know what, I'm sure a network will play it uh, maybe if either uh, this coming week or the day of uh, Christmas. Uh, but well, yeah, actually, I, they're not going to. Because oh, Apple bought the rights oh, to um, no. so yeah mm. if you want to watch any of the um holiday specials the peanuts characters you got to have a subscription to apple now apple ah, tv that's well that's definitely a lump of coal yeah you have to have <laughs> apple tv in order to get the the original peanuts oh man yeah uh, but no i was just going to say that um i do i i think the charlie brown uh, special is uh, yeah it's it's in the same vein as the charles schultz uh very, um, uh, you know, not not a lot of money in the animation, but uh, the certainly the heart uh, comes off uh, the page uh, there. Um, but it also I, it's, I appreciate it because of the, of the millions of uh, Christmas specials, especially cartoons uh, Christmas specials. It did not follow the the uh, the formula of, of using just a Christmas Carol as the uh, as the story uh, because. Man, um, there are there. I, I swear, maybe millions of versions of a Christmas Carol, and everyone has done it. Uh, you know, Scooby Doo has done it. Uh, the Flintstones have done it. The Jetsons, like you know, every single cartoon in the '60s uh, onward, have done a version of a Christmas Carol. And, um, and and to be fair, like most of them are actually not bad, but uh, it's a very hard formula to to uh, mess up. But um, I think uh, my favorite version of, uh, of a Christmas Carol in a, a, a sort of the holiday special is um, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Like, and uh, uh, you know, uh, they they do the entire story, the Charles Dickens classic, in like a half an hour. It's amazingly the economy that they're able to do. And um, you know, it, it's weird to say for an anime movie, but everyone is well cast. Uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck is uh, Ebenezer. Uh, Donald is his un is his uh, nephew. Uh, Mickey is um, uh, uh, Cratchit. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I always have a very fond nostalgia for that one in particular, because I think they did a very good job at uh, rendering the, the Charles Dickens classic, even though it's been done to death uh, ad nauseum, you know, it's been adapted so many times, but uh, they were able to uh, find, uh, find their own way to do it. Which kind of leads me to, to um... One, another reason why I think, at least for me, I'm not big on the holiday movies, and that is a lot of them are, you know, derivative, right? I mean, um, just in, in the same way that the cartoons, when I was a kid, would have like, oh, this is the cartoon that has two Fred Flintstones or two Yogi's on it or two whatever. They have these these kind of uh, tropes and these kind of uh, sh this shorthand that um, 
means once you've seen like one, you've probably seen all of them or there's not much variation uh, on them. So it takes these kind of irreverent ones to put a spin on it to make it fresh and new where you're not kind of wasting your, your time watching the same story with different people, different characters, painting by numbers situations. So um, yeah, um, the, the Dickens Christmas Carol has been told a gazillion times um, in animated form and in you know live action form. And um, I'm hoping that we're done for a while with that because there are just so many. And with, you know, again, theaters being what they are, no one's going to risk going to the theater to see this thing for the nth time. So hoping we're done with that for a bit. Uh, speaking of the Christmas Carol, I thought a really good version of it, I also had this on my list, was um, Scrooge with Bill Murray. Like, I thought he just played a very, very obnoxious version of Ebenezer Scrooge. And I felt like it was different just because it went, it kind of took it far away from the traditional sense of the um, carols, but like it also still managed to incorporate it within the story. Like it was just, he was just an absurd character throughout the whole entire movie up until the end. And then finally, when he came to the end, he was just even more obnoxious. And, yeah. and, and funny, I, I never got a chance to see. I always attempted to watch it, so I got put down my queue. I had that in my queue for a long time. For some reason, I just never got a chance to see it. So um, maybe that you mentioned it. Maybe I'll watch it next week. But I never got. I always wanted to, but I just never got around to it. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's Bill Murray as Ebenezer Scrooge. You can't really go wrong. I mean, that's just great. Uh, that's just great casting right there. Um, certainly, yeah, they, they certainly do their own sort of version of uh, Christmas Carol uh, with uh, it being set in New York and uh, him, uh, yeah, as you said, being just uh, almost borderline just unwatchable, like in terms of the, just the way he treats people and uh, is how he comes off. But, uh, you know, again, it's Bill Murray and he's able to pull it off. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely an adaptation of uh, the Dickens classic. That, uh, that's a, certainly a, a, a welcome addition in that because they, they, they were able to change a little bit there. There's a movie when I was a kid we watched just back in the 70s. I think it was made in like the early 70s and it appeared on TV. And it was the strangest, and strange, the strangest holiday movie only because it ends up being somewhat like morbid, but still for some reason it was thought of as being okay for kids to watch. And that's um, a movie that made it a, a more current version. I don't think it's the same kind of morbid ending, but it's called The Little Match Girl. And Little Match Girl, I think, is an old Russian story that adapted to make it into an American story. Um, but in the 70s, the, the, it was a, a short movie, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, whatever. Uh, and in the end, you know, this character, this match girl who finds, I guess, pleasure, I guess, she's selling matches, I believe. Um, she ends up, I think, freezing and dying in the cold. And somehow that is like a Christmas movie because her grandmother carts her off to the afterlife. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, it's at Christmas time and it's not um, cynical at all. It's not uh, seen as anti-Christmas, but for some reason it, it's considered to be um, a holiday movie that was um, acceptable for younger audiences. And they'd even you know play it like back to back after 
um, like the Peanuts uh, holiday uh, Christmas uh, special. And I always, always found it odd as a kid that they'd end this, this children's story um, with a kid dying. Anybody seen that movie, The Little Match Girl? The yeah, I, it is actually on my list. As uh, I actually think it does capture the Christmas spirit, but it's just something that people don't really think of. Well, one, it's, a animated, uh, it's an animated uh, Disney short that's actually hard to find. Um, it was on, it was on a, a DVD of one of the, um, you know, the Disney Renaissance uh, movies. But uh, yeah, it was on my list. Go, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I'm thinking of not, this is, I'm not thinking of the Disney, I don't know if there's a Disney version, but there's like a, a live there's, action yeah. version. I, I didn't know Disney made one, but maybe it's a different ending. I don't know. Um, but um, Actually, no, yeah. it, it keeps the ending. Uh, it's, yeah, it's an animated short, like only uh, under seven minutes. Uh, it was on a DVD of, I think, A Little Mermaid. Uh, but it's still pretty hard to find. Uh, you can, uh, there's actually one on uh, YouTube uh, that you can rent for uh, however much uh, they, they charge. But yeah, no, they keep the, the ending that you said, uh, but they just tell it in, uh, they, very, they condense it very down just to the essentials. You know, this is very uh, impoverished girl trying to sell matches just to get by uh, during, the, during the Christmas season in, in Russia. But uh, yeah, and uh, she is carted off to the afterlife by her uh, deceased grandmother at the end. And uh, it's, yeah, it, I mean, wow, they, uh, uh, but in terms of actually capturing, you know, um, the looked over, you know, looked over populace that, you know, during this time, uh, you know, in terms of homeless and extreme poverty, I think it's a very, it captures this, the, the true spirit of, uh, of Christmas, or at least what should be, you know, thinking of others, right. you know, outside of your own family. Yeah, yeah, I count on you guys coming up with movies that I never, I never heard of it actually. So you, either. yeah, I always learn of new movies to to check out with you guys, and um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I never even heard of it. And see, I didn't know what the Disney version. I knew about the live action, like thirty minute, forty five minute uh, movie that would come on after the the Peanuts thing. And I would always be sent to bed after that, just feeling this down. It's like, wow, it's Christmas time. Why, why am I so sad? Because a little kid, you know, died. Uh, if she froze to death or whatever outside. Um, yeah, just really sad and shocking that I think that they would uh, air something like that, you know, on TV, especially you know, for kids. If it's meant for adults, maybe to to reconnect with the true meaning, but for have a kid to have a kid watch it, I think, ooh, that's kind of heavy. Yeah, the animated version I watch, it's very beautiful. Yeah, it is very moving. Uh, uh, yeah, you, I think you can find it on, uh, maybe on D Disney Plus, for all I know. I, maybe I should check, uh, but it is on YouTube. I just looked. Uh, so yeah, definitely something uh, a little bit different for a holiday uh, flair if uh, you're up for, uh, you know, for a little bit of a cry uh, in terms of, but uh, uh, definitely, definitely recommended. So, uh, okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I, I, was, uh, I was just going to go into, because, uh, uh, you know, um, movies with uh, uh, Christmas scenes or uh, uh, scenes of family gatherings uh, that aren't, but uh, aren't in, uh, uh, you know, what we call Christmas or holiday, uh, t uh, holiday movies uh, that, that capture sort of the same spirit as, uh, as a little match girl. Um, uh, you know, um, my, uh, my the, the Swedish auteur that uh, all uh, um, film uh, film geeks will praise uh, Ingmar Bergman's uh, 
uh, Fanny and Alexander has a great uh, opening uh, uh, Christmas scene with the extent with uh, the uh, the child the the, the child's uh, family uh, in uh, uh, in Sweden uh, that uh, it's very joyous it's very uh, uplifting uh, but of course it's Bergman so uh, some other stuff starts entering the picture that kind of um, uh, sullies the thing and uh, kind of makes it more of a, a melancholic flair but. Uh, uh, Daphne and Alexander, uh, back in the early '80s, uh, one of uh, one of Bergman's uh, last efforts, but uh, definitely uh, uh, something. That it, 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 the opening scene, uh, the opening Christmas scene, is definitely something that I think uh, really is uh, captures the mood and the, the spirit uh, of the, the season very well. Yeah, I gotta check that out. I haven't seen that one. It is very long. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, depending, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, well, there's the, there's the theatrical version, and then there's the miniseries version. Uh, and uh, you know, the miniseries version is like twelve hours long, and uh, but uh, the theatrical version is maybe three and a half or something like that. So maybe uh, uh, if you want more What's condensed, it fading. Fanny what, and Alexander. Fanny and Alexander. Okay. Uh, oh, it's, Fanny. Yeah, Fanny. Fanny is the main character. He's a little boy growing up and uh, coming of age in uh, turn of the century Sweden. Uh, and, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, ostensibly about uh, Ingmar Bergman's childhood. Uh, I think at least that's what the, the consensus is that this is him reflecting on his own youth and his own experiences growing up in a uh, Christian household. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> one of the films that I'm gonna says on my list is Black Christmas. Uh, this is 1974. I actually um, just saw it recently, probably a couple years back. And um, I didn't know what to expect from it. Um, you know, because you had Halloween, because it's kind of like in that vein of Halloween, Friday 13th, you know, um, but with a Christmas um, backdrop. So I wasn't really, I was expecting to see like kind of like a, a knockoff of those other films, but actually I thought it was pretty good um, considering, you know, it was 1974 and um, the fact that it's 1974, I actually think it came out before, from what I could, I think it actually came out before um, Halloween and yeah. I think Halloween came out in 78, right? Yes. Yeah, so 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 not it can't be a knockoff because it came out before, and um, if you're uh, if you love horror films and you love Christmas movies, you smash those together, and there you go. I, I would recommend it if you haven't seen it, but just don't see there's there's two remakes. Don't watch any of those. Don't watch the Bloomhouse one, and don't watch the one right before that. It's, you have to watch the 1974 one with Margot Kidder. So um, that would be a Christmas movie on my list. And the original is always better. But this is definitely, have you seen it? I've seen the remix. I've not seen the, the original, but just because like whenever you have an original movie and you have the remake, when you see the original, you just kind of just realize that the original is just always better. It just goes through like all horror movies for some reason. I never understood that, why they would try to remake it and not make it better than the first one. At least maybe that's their attempt. But yeah, for some reason, the original is always better. Maybe it's a nostalgia 
of watching the original movie, but I don't know. That's my feelings when it comes to remakes. Well, I think I think uh, remakes. I think, I think their attention is to that um, try and introduce like the newer the newer generation to the film because, like I was saying before, how um, the newer generation, like when you grow when you see a movie growing up, and then when you have kids. You know, you try to introduce them to music, films, and stuff like that that you enjoy as a kid. And for some reason, there's kind of like that disconnect. So I think remakes, they try to introduce uh, the younger generation to uh, some of the stuff that you enjoy as a kid, but you just kind of like uh, update stuff. Maybe they feel, feel like that they can't, like I said, 1974, that was, man, that was almost 50 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, they don't trust that the younger generation will even attempt to watch it because the age of it. But uh, not knowing that it's far superior than the uh, remakes, especially the new, the Blumhouse one was, I, I am not even going to attempt because like after um, what they said about it and what it was about and stuff like that, I was like, nah. <laughs> so so if you ever seen the original, I will, def- I will definitely tell you as much better the best version of you know out of those three i've seen all three and you're right the, the original is far superior to the two that followed the l- most recent one is the absolute worst oh my gosh um but i you're right i think they're trying they always try to um introduce uh these movies to a new generation by changing the pacing of the movie and sometimes they end up cutting out the heart right again end up cutting out what makes the movies work in the first place. So that, that engine that fuels the movie is taken out as well. They need to figure out how, if they're going to remake movies, to keep the, 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 the center or the core of what made the, the original effective. And they really often don't do that, especially with horror movies. But another, um, well, movie that's a slasher horror movie, um, in the Christmas spirit, of course, not um, up to par with um, Black Christmas is um, one that certainly is a copycat of the um, Halloweens and the Friday the 13th, which is um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which was <laughs> got a lot of controversy back when it was being released because uh, of the character Santa engaged in mayhem, killing, um, sexual assault. Uh, and for a while, they thought they were going to yank it from the theaters. I forgot the actual year. It was in the early 80s. I, I do know that. Um, but it was extremely controversial because Santa is killing and maiming and raping. Um, and at that point, they'd had the glut of uh, the slasher movies, of course, starting with the, the, um, the Black Christmases and the, the Chainsaw Massacres and you know, Halloweens, et cetera. And they're like, okay, enough is enough. Now we have Santa doing this, even though he died before uh, in Black Christmas, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which may or may not be on a streaming service like a Shudder or something like that. But um, not a great movie, but, but certainly one that um, in, the same, in the same vein as um, Black Christmas. Yeah, talk, yeah. It, um, actually... It actually spawned like sequels. Like I think it went all the way up to five, uh, 
part five, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Talk about bad Santa. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can't really get uh, too much uh, uh, too much better than that. Um, yeah, both. Uh, uh, well, just, just, go ahead. Just, just, just let me just, just interject my back. Uh, you just brought something up, a memory of mine, right? I remember I was watching Star Night, Daily Night, and I can't remember which one. It could be part one. And my mother walks in, right, to talk to me and while I'm watching this movie. And when she, she walked in, I didn't know, I'd never seen the movie before, so I didn't know what was going to happen. And there was a scene where uh, there was a female, she was dressed kind of like a, like a sexy elf, and she was talking on the phone. And some man was performing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he was uh, how can I put it uh, performing kind of lingers on her. My mother walks in. I was like, just like, what are you watching? I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know. I didn't know this was going to be in the movie. So, so um, this is definitely in a vein of a little bit worse than Bad Santa because another memory of Bad Santa. I took my kids to go see it. I I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know. Let me tell you something. Okay, bad Santa, blah blah blah. I take my kids to go see it. As soon as they talked about um, uh, anal sex, I was like, "Oh!" I took everybody out the theater. I was like, "Oh my god!" I did not know bad Santa was literally bad Santa. So, did you check um, the rating? <laughs> yeah, I checked the rating, but trust me, that's like to me, that's more than rated R to me. This it was like <laughs> X rated, if you ask me. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. Oh, man. It was it was so embarrassing, man. It, 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 my, the kids were cracking up. I was like, nah, it's, it's time to go. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, I'm sure um, maybe your kids actually did appreciate it. <laughs> because uh, they, were, they, uh, they were seeing something they don't normally see, uh, certainly. Yeah, I think right, especially right. For, especially Bad shocker. Santa uh, like held the record for the amount of F-bombs dropped in a uh, movie for a long while. Uh, up until wow. until uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I think. Something like that. But wow. uh, yeah, that, that wow. must have been a, that must have been a Christmas to remember. Uh, <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in terms of like uh, uh, films that sort of turn the uh, Christmas on its head, you know, in terms of making it just a straight up horror, whether it's uh, Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, I actually haven't seen any any of those. Uh, but uh, um, I think I've caught uh, some of the remakes when they come on TV. At least the, the black Christmas ones, but uh, and uh, it didn't really grab me. But uh, uh, the movie I think of uh, uh, whenever horror is introduced or horror elements are introduced to the the, the Christmas season is uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, uh, not Tim Burton. Tim Burton did not direct it. It was only his story. It's Harry Selnick that uh, directed a stop motion animation back in '93 um, with. Um, uh, uh, great music, uh, absolutely. Like it's almost an opera. Like uh, they sing everything that uh, all the dialogue and all the, the words, and uh, um, uh, Danny Elfman provides the singing voice. In fact, uh, Tim Burton's longtime uh, friend composer, um, he voices the Jack Skellington character, and uh, the idea of just these Halloween characters trying to usurp. Uh, uh, the Christmas season by kidnapping Santa Claus and uh, trying to do their own version of, uh, of uh, Christmas Eve by giving uh, uh, horror gifts to kids, I think is just such a, it's such a great idea, such a great concept. And they, 
they, I think they really knocked it out of the park. And, uh, it's, uh, it's both uh, creepy, but keeps the spirit of, uh, of both, uh, both Halloween and Christmas, you know, two diametrically opposed uh, uh, seasons, but they're able to marry the two together in this, um, in this nice little animated feature. Yeah, the, I'll put that on my list as well. Yeah, do you think do you think young time. do you think younger kids will watch it now like like the newer generation? You think they will they will appeal to the newer generation? Like I have high school now? students who, who who love it, right? I mean, and thank you for clearing clearing things up. I always thought that was uh, a Tim Burton movie. It certainly looks like a Tim Burton movie, um, even though it's animated. I mean, you, you can you can. It seems like it's Tim Burton. I didn't realize he, he did not direct that one. It's his story and his characters, but uh, Harry Selnick uh, directed, I think, a longtime friend. Uh, or, but uh, yeah, Tim Burton, uh, he, of course, produced it. So uh, his stamp is on it, but uh, he didn't uh, personally have a hand in directing it. Doug, was you going to say something? Uh, no, I was, but um, I was trying to look something up at the same time. I do remember watching um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I always thought it was a great movie. Um, whether or not generations or today's generation would watch it not, I don't know, but I've noticed that it comes on every year during Halloween because it's one of those Halloween specials. Um, but yeah, no, I was looking into, I knew that Tim Burton didn't direct it because I remember we would always get into arguments about um, movies that Tim Burton directed. And I always thought that one always came up, and then I think Coraline also came up as well, because I think it just had like a Tim Burton-esque flair to it, but it wasn't really his. It was a Leica. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, yeah. that was a Leica Studios. Uh, I don't think Tim Burton even had any uh, any say in that one. I, I don't know if he has any other hand, but yeah, Coraline, yeah, definitely has a Tim Burton-y uh, macabreness to it, but uh, uh, I think yeah, they Caroline just- Coraline was directed, yeah, it was directed by the same guy who directed um, A Nightmare Before Christmas. And the story is by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's just just right. in yeah. case people don't know who Neil Gaiman is, I know he writes a lot of uh, graphic novels and he did the same man and stuff like that, so. Oh, nice. Oh, I know, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> uh, he did American Gods, yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, just finished watching the, um, the thing he did on um, Prime, I forgot what it was called. American Gods, right? No, not on. No, it's something else with um, David Tennant and I um, uh, forgot the other guy's name. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, about the angels and the devil. Um, yeah. Oh, I think I also, know what you're talking about. Yeah, the good one. Yeah, he also did that, and he also did um, Lucifer. Right. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Lucifer okay. is based off of the Sandman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, good okay. Omens yeah. is the is the uh, is the uh, David Tennant to Michael Sheen uh, Neil Gaiman series. But the, uh, there uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand mm -hmm. Omens is your th what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. On 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 uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I did have something else I wanted to say. I'm trying to remember. Um, it was something off my list, and now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't the Grinch, but yeah, the Grinch that stole Christmas, the beginning of it, I felt is like very anti-Christmas, just because he's just really all about staying to himself. 
And there are a lot of people that are that way that just want to be alone, that just want to be by themselves. But at the same time, they're also forced to participate during Christmas season, even though they don't want to. Like they have to go out and buy extravagant gifts, have to go to family gatherings, even if they don't really like the family members or don't agree with their family members' politics, especially now in today's age where politics are the one thing that are like causing people not to be invited to certain events now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I always thought yeah. the Grinch, in some sense, got a bad rap. I mean, what I shouldn't say that. I think people who are um, lumped in uh, with the Grinch or with Scrooge because they don't want to take part in some Christmas kind of festive activities get a bad rap. They get called Grinches or Scrooges for not wanting to be a part. And some people are, are just loners or, or just people who don't like to you know, engage in social activity. And it shouldn't be a knock. Um, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean they're they're miserly. It just means that they're people who don't want to engage. And I think even at, at times, all of us sometimes go through those kind of periods where we don't want to be bothered. Um, I know I've been there sometimes, and it's like, ah, oh, gotta go do this now. Gotta go hang out with these people who are my relatives at times. But sometimes there's that one relative who's there. And say, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with that person. So I'm not a Grinch for wanting to do that or not wanting to do that. Um, Yes, so I, I kind of feel I have a soft spot for for the Grinch in a way. I like the original, and there's so many. Like, what is your best version of? Because you want to say that Christmas Carol was done over and over, so was the Grinch. Like, what is your favorite uh, version of the Grinch? I like personally like the original. I'm there with you. Yeah, the original animated uh, Dr. Seuss version. From like a TV special, yeah. For me, that's that's still the top of my list. Yeah, you got to go with the original. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, as much as I am a Jim Carrey fan, yeah, his version of it just uh, his live action live action Seuss just does not work in general, and uh, that one in particular is just just doesn't hit the mark at all. Like, uh, um, um, yeah, did Michael mean, Myers do? Do one too. A yep. Grinch, Michael yep. Myers, the cat in yeah, hat. the cat in the hat. Oh, the cat yep. in the hat. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. All right. I like that one. I thought that was good too. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're you're you have a stronger stomach than me, then. Uh, <laughs> 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 me too. You know, I, 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 uh, I never saw like, it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, honestly, I was hoping like there would be like a sequel years later where Jim Carrey and Mike Myers both meet as the Cat in the Hat versus the Grinch. Like, oh, I think cool. that would be yeah. the thing. Uh, well, that's the other. Hey, that's a... Your screen writer, go ahead and, and, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's man. already a book for it. I might as well. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> do an adaption. Like the alien versus predator. Like the cat in the head versus the grinch. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No matter Not who yeah, no matter who wins, we all lose in that battle. Like <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any winners with that, uh, with that. But uh, anyway, yeah, I yeah, I was just gonna say sort of um, movies that show a sort sort of uh, a demented <laughs> sort of uh, Christmas uh, 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 take on everything. Uh, you know, yeah, the Ron Howard's uh, live action um, live action Grinch is just. I, I haven't seen the Steve Carell's uh, CGI version. I, I just had no interest in it. But um, uh, yeah, if you want like a yeah, demented uh, sort of version of the holiday. Uh, sort of just taken through this just grotesque lens of just like uh, constant creepiness and constant just uh, mugging of the camera. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jim Carrey's uh, Grinch uh, takes a cake in terms of that. 
Um, but uh, but uh, in that in that same vein, uh, going going on my train of thought, um, uh, movie that's uh, another movie that's sort of set during the holiday season, but kind of doesn't have anything to do, and only is tangentially related. But I think uh, has a little bit more to do with uh, what uh, what Christmas is is about. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut uh, with uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Um, and uh, uh, okay, yeah, Mark is saying, how am I going to, uh, how am I going to twist I've this into- I've never, ever, ever <laughs> linked that movie with Christmas. How, is it, I guess it is set, I guess, it is set, No, it's set during Christmas. It is, it's set during Christmas time, so. Uh, a lot of giving there too, so. Is you know. <laughs> giving and receiving, I guess, yeah. Even in, in, yeah, especially in the in the end, uh, that's that's uh, yeah. definitely the the theme there. But um, in terms of Kubrick, sort of making a you know sort of this dreamlike atmosphere that uh, that Tom Cruise is wandering through this very uh, this Christmas stop seasoned up uh, New York street, and he's wa wandering trying to find you know satisfaction. Let's just say uh, in any way he can, but it's all in this very um, uh, uh, with. Uh, you know, gussied up sort of uh, with uh, with holiday lights and the wreaths and everything. Uh, I think it just, you know, it's Kubrick being Kubrick, like he's trying to uh, say just the irony of all this, that uh, this man, uh, you know, emasculated man is just trying to find, uh, you know, trying to find his identity, but uh, in this very uh, joyous, uh, you know, otherwise joyous uh, time that uh, it's just, uh, you know, and I think it's actually Tom Cruise's uh, best performance uh, in terms of um, him really, uh, really uh, delving into the dramatic part of his career. Um, that, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I will stick up for Eyes Wide Shut as being a Christmas movie. I, I and uh, you know, some because of you, I'm, I'm going to put that on my favorite Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I, I I never I never thought of it was a Christmas movie, but now that you you convinced me, so I, I'm putting that on my list. And, and because of this Kubrick movie, and it's you know you say it's set around Christmas time, and we're talking about crossovers. Like, here's Johnny. We need to have one of those moments. <laughs> wide shut uh, when Tom Cruise goes to the party and says the word Fidelio to get inside. Um, it'd be great if. if uh, we had little Jack Nicholson in there, but uh, speaking of crossovers, but I never thought about that as a Christmas movie. I guess it is at Christmas time. Um, I don't think it's even in what we're talking about in terms of the Christmas spirit either, or is it? I mean, I'm going to stretch it, and uh, this is more for fun, but I mean, it is, you know, ostensibly about um, family. Uh, and, you know, but, uh, you know, it's Kubrick's idea of family, which is uh, what it does to you, you know, what the expectations put on you as a father, as, you know, as a husband, you know, what those expectations actually are. And, you know, can you actually be faithful to the, your spouse? Can you actually be a good father and, you know, and be, uh, and be a caring, uh, can be, be a caring dad when you have all these urges and all these like, uh, you know, unsatisfied, uh, Unset, repressed uh, thoughts like but uh you know i'm stretching it but i will stick up for it uh it's set during it's set during the season and uh of course nicole kidman has the best uh end uh, uh end piece of uh dialogue like in the it's sort of uh 
you know, and uh, Kubrick passed away, you know, the same year it came out, you know, and so that was sort of his, uh, his uh, ending, his ending, uh, his ending critique of, uh, of, of this institution uh, that uh, sort of his last well, statement. <clears throat> well, it's kind of like uh, naughty or nice, or you're going to be naughty or nice. That's, that's <laughs> definitely the theme of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. So, mm. yeah, hey, you, you, hey, you gave a compelling argument. You, you won. <laughs> awesome. Almost makes me wonder. This is not tied to this movie at all, or even the references around this movie. But uh, as we're talking about our lists and talking about movies that uh, are in the Christmas spirit or whatever, I was thinking about films and thinking about even TV like specials, and it, it led me to certain shows. I won't spill the beans. I'm hoping maybe at some point we can do um, uh, a podcast on like shameless cash grabs. Um, because I have a shameless cash grab uh, movie in the Christmas vein. I don't know if I should spoil it here or now or not. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So again, showing my age, uh, grew up in the 70s, 80s. The biggest thing on TV, I think ever in terms of miniseries ever, was Roots. And a few years after Roots, they had a Roots Christmas. Which, what? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was a shameless cash grab of all cash grabs. Roots itself was, of course, at that time, and I think still is um, on network TV, at least the biggest miniseries of all time in terms of most eyeballs watching it. Of course, we only had three major networks back then and a couple UHF uh, channels to choose from. So even though the population was a lot smaller, there was a lot less offerings. And of course, this is pre VHS or any other type of you know media you could watch on pre-beta. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um shortly thereafter, because Roots is such a huge success, they had a Roots Christmas, which for me is not just a, a shameless cash grab, it's also an insult for a number of reasons. But um, you may or may not be able to find that someplace a Roots Christmas. Oh my God! What is that about? I mean, <laughs> I never heard of it. Oh my! I can't even imagine what that can be about. It's like Santa Claus going down the chimney one in the slave quarters. I mean, no, 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 no! It's it's like it's like uh, Fiddler and Chicken George find the meaning of Christmas. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Wow. I would say for. A, a laugh or a cry or just a fit of rage. What I don't know what your reaction will be, but look for it. I remember being even as a kid, like, wow, this is pretty bad. You know, yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, because even the thought of it, like certain images go through my mind, like the slave master dressed like Santa Claus, walking around giving slaves, I don't know. <laughs> Christmas flashes, oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Not to mention the fact that the people, you know were indoctrinated with this religion, right? I mean, it, it was the religion itself was was used to keep people um, docile or at least you know compliant. So for me, it's just like, uh, it's painful. Wow, I'm trying to look it up now as we speak, and the only thing that's coming up is the um, the the the, um, the musical group, the Roots. But I'm a, I'm gonna look for that because I got it on here. Um, Roots, the Gifts, 1988 TV movie. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, I see that. Oh, my, the gift. Oh, my God. 
and when it came out '88, and it was it was directed by Kevin Hooks. Was it? That, that's a whole decade. Kevin Hooks. It's a whole decade after Roots thing because Roots is like 1977, 78, I believe. Right, right, right. And decade. Kevin Hooks is a um, black director. He did Passenger 57. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my! And he's like, why? He was an actor on The White Shadow, and his dad was a director also. Oh my God! What was going through his damn mind? That's <laughs> rad. It's a job. It's a job. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I guess back then you couldn't be very selective with the jobs you wanted to do or didn't want to do. Oh my god! Not all money is good money. I I don't know. Avery Brooks is in it too. Holy crap! Um, I didn't even look at the cast list. Yeah, well, Lavar Burton's there, uh, of course. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, wow! I can't believe it. You know what? I want to. I actually. I don't want to see the movie now, but I kind of want to see behind the scenes uh, of this. Of what, what people thought of uh, of this complete just just seems abomination of uh, like. Yeah, I want to see the cast watching the movie. See, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, or I what their reaction yeah. is now. All I can <laughs> imagine is that you know, with Roots, maybe you know, it was such a huge success, and then they had another spinoff series called Roots: The Next Generation. It came between these two things. I remember that one. Maybe yeah, I remember that one. There could have been like some kind of contractual obligation on the part of LeVar Burton and, and Lewis Gossett or whatever to do, you know, some you know, additional work or some specials possibly you know, in their contract. I don't know. But, whoo, my gosh, Roots the Gift. That's right, Roots the Gift. Not a Roots Christmas, but that was the idea behind it, though. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and you know, this is, I'm making this connection. But Hollywood Shuffle came out the year before. So I guess Kevin Hooks didn't see Hollywood Shuffle. Right. Oh my God. He was filming it at the time that, you know, they were releasing, you know, Hollywood Shuffle, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yes. I would oh. imagine, you know, probably around that yeah. time. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Currently under contract by that point, you know. Ooh. That makes me think of Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at the cast list. I'm just looking at the cast list. You know, going. You know, what did Avery Brooks think of all this? You know, Captain Cisco. Sorry to hear you guys off the topic, but you know, just that just popped in my head. No, no, please. Well, there's a Christmas a Christmas thing, so you're on target. It's it's definitely anti Christmas because wow, I can't. It's definitely what we're definitely in the vein of what we're talking about, but. Uh, not to steer off, off of this, but uh, trying to, uh, in terms of just wrong-headed cash grab holiday flair, like I think the old-time, uh, the old-time example, at least for uh, uh, for sci-fi fans, and uh, Star Wars is in the news. The Star Wars holiday special um, oh, back in <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I actually have not seen it. Uh, there are only a few bootleg copies available. Like it comes on, you know, YouTube before it gets taken down. Uh, I'm sure Disney has cracked down on uh, how many people are allowed to uh, see that or how allowed to have copies. But uh, Star Wars holidays, but I have seen a commentary by people who were watching it, and uh, oh boy, <laughs> that, was, that was something else. Help me understand this, right? Because Star Wars. Uh, happens in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. So I imagine this is before there is Christmas, right? Well, no, it's, uh, I mean, the storyline is, uh, it's Chewbacca's, uh, 
family who's celebrating Life Day, uh, you know, um, the Christmas Christmas stand-in, and uh, okay. they, and uh, Han Solo and every on the game have to go and uh, rescue uh, Chewie's family from the Empire who show up on their on their doorstep. Um, and uh, there are actually some things in there that are canon <laughs> that are actual parts of the Star Wars uh, mythos, uh, because um, it was in between uh, New Hope and uh, Empire. Uh, so, man, uh, again, I, it's shameless. Absolutely, just shameless. Um, <laughs> and you can you can tell by the only one who's who's giving a damn is uh, Harrison Ford, at least in the beginning. And you can just see the enthusiasm just drop, 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 and then all the way to uh, all the way to him just not giving a damn about what was going on. And you can, uh, but um, I don't. I can't say I recommend it. Uh, but uh, again, I full disclosure, I have not actually seen it. I've only watched a commentary by people who are watching it, and I think that's actually the best way uh, to uh, just um, seeing these Star Wars fans just. Uh, you know, just uh, it, and it's not really ridiculously bad. It's just sort of boring. It's uh, like a '70s variety show just with in the Star Wars universe, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I wonder. I wonder what drugs they were using. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> oh my God, man! They, they, they must they, have some performances by Paul Williams or Lola Falana or something like that. You know, something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Who was it? Yeah. They, yeah, there are musical sequences that are just, uh, you know, but there are music. Wow. Like, they, so it just doesn't make any sense. Like, how like how did they get this? This is a galaxy far, far away, long, long time ago. Like, what, what is going on? But like um, Captain Antonio, uh, or like Captain, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, for those who know uh, Captain Antonio, yeah, a '70s variety show set in the Star Wars universe, and it goes about as well as that sounds. Uh, <laughs> Anne Marie, wow. Osmond, something like that. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> Never ever seen that. Maybe I'll have to check that one out if I can find it someplace. I mean, you will find, you know, reviews of people who, you know, who bootleg copies of this, you know, because uh, this was on TV and uh, people taped it, uh, you know, back when uh, tapes were a thing. And those are the only copies that are actually in circulation. Uh, the people that actually taped it live uh, back in 78 when it came out. So right after New Hope, uh, this was your, this was your tie over to Empire Strikes Back, uh, the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> They don't really do that nowadays. Like you won't have like twelve years of Christmas, and you won't have like the Avengers Christmas thing nowadays. So Thank I don't God. know what they were that. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> Thank were, they God, were, they, I would. <laughs> they were doing some good drugs back then, you know. <laughs> well, no, they just want they just wanted to milk that cash cow because uh, right, you know, right. I'm just thinking about the idea. Yeah, but I'm just saying, do you even come up with these ideas of this stuff? A variety show stuff. I'm like, wow, you really, you, yeah, you were smoking something. Right. Silent Night, The Dark Night, featuring Batman. <laughs> there is, know, there huh? is actually a Christmas episode of the Batman animated show with the Joker wow. sort of taking over. Oh, yeah. You remember that. And it's actually good. No, no, I, I will stick up for it. It's actually a good Joker episode of that series. Uh, and he, he, he like has his own show. Uh, he takes over the airways of Gotham and uh, tries to kidnaps uh, Commissioner Gordon and uh, uh, Barbara Gordon and uh, the family, and then he like holds them hostage for. And Batman has to do all these tasks in order to uh, free them. Uh, or uh, I actually I will stick up for it. It is actually a, a very good uh, outing. And, uh, 
As always, we thank you for giving us a listen. You have reached the end of part one of our discussion on non-traditional Christmas movies. As you can tell, we had a great time with this one as we came up with movies not thought of during this time of the year, but captured the spirit well. We had much more to say on the topic, so please click next on your podcasting app for part two. And feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast and the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button on anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing scripts meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best tidings in your writing and other of life's pursuits. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and take care and stay strong.